0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is Mandy Bishop, CEO and Chief Evangelist of Aloha Health, and the co host of the Managed Care podcast for the American Journal of Managed Care. With me today, I have Raj Tiletti, who is the CEO and founder of HealthGrid. Thank you so much for joining me, Raj.
1: Thank you for having me, Mandy.
0: So, Raj, I, I really would love to understand because this is, yeah, this is a another entrepreneurial venture in the healthcare space for you, and and you have done a couple of these. And I really want to understand what drives you. What's your healthcare story? How did you get started?
1: Yeah, Mandy, I, you know it's. Uh, uh, I have to tell you, I come from a family uh, full of uh, physicians and, and, you know, my mom's a doctor and, you know, speaking to you on International Women's Day, my mom's also my hero that uh, actually drove me to actually into healthcare and, and, you know, looking at all physicians struggle with a lot of the administrative tasks associated with care delivery uh, right after I graduated kind of led me into looking at some problems that really, if we were to empower the patients with technology, uh, I always felt that we would be able to alleviate some of the administrative tasks for the care team. So that, that's that been my kind of driving Principle for uh, for the last, I would say, twenty years actually. Wow. So uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's been a it's been a uh, an excellent journey ever since I left Microsoft in uh, in the mid nineties. Uh, my first company that I built was to actually help. Provider organizations publish online presences, and I helped about 3,000 hospitals across the country uh, build online presences through a technology like content management. Right. And, yeah, and, and, you know, we got acquired by one of the largest digital asset management companies in the country. Uh, but it, it quickly kind of drove me to the conclusion, and I did this during the dot com days in the late 90s. The so, heydays, those, uh, were,
0: those every, were good times. Yeah, they were good <laughs> times, right? They were extremely
1: good times. And, and, you know, we were selling tools in the gold rush, right? So we were selling, like, you know, technology for for healthcare institutions to build online presences. But what kind of struck me is none of the websites really had any patient self-service transactions. So when we got acquired by a large company and, and uh and I had to like, look at what else I'm going to do next. Uh, I, I started a business that basically built patient self-service transactions online. And I was able, I was lucky enough to actually build the first online bill pay with Baylor Healthcare in Dallas. Oh, wow. Um yeah, so it was uh, it was it was one of the first online tools that was introduced as part of a patient portal. Believe it or not, and even today, that's the most utilized capability <laughs> on a patient portal.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, so, you you want to be able to pay your bill. You want to be able to to get collections off your back. You know, you want to be able to take care of that very urgent need.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. So that company that I started was called Galvanon and we introduced the first uh, check-in-based system. And we we finally got acquired by a company called NCR, you know, know, where we did airline check-in, ATMs, a lot of uh, consumer self-service transactions if you will across the globe. So, So, and back to your question, kind of what has driven me all these years to actually build Uh, consumer patient-facing technology is is the empowerment of that patient while they're accessing care or post-care. So as I kind of learned how to actually help consumers whether to check in into an airline or check into their doctor's office, uh, um, I quickly realized in, in the late 2000s that the self-service transactions are great. Patients are paying their bills. Uh, patients are using our check-in technology. But patients are just not leveraging the patient portal, only 5%, like 10%. Right. And I also realized, yeah, so and, 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 and there's value-based care coming right around the corner. So how do we now, maybe while they're checking in, do like a false risk assessment screening or other screening so that the patients can do certain tasks by themselves, so that it is less burdensome on the care team. So, so that's kind of the genesis, Mandy. To to if you if you think about how we kind of started health is yeah. taking patient self service and then combining that with population health management to truly uh, you know provide the patient some administrative. Serve, you know self-service technologies like bill pay, check-in, etc., but also provide a patient engagement layer that that can actually help the patients you know be reminded of their care gaps or reminded of their medications all through the voice of the provider. So, I mean, I know it's a long-winded answer, but that's kind of what kind of. <laughs> Uh, helped me kind of you know all the last fifteen twenty years you know just just uh, that's all I did is like patient facing technology.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I, and I noticed that you know one of the phrases that you've used is you know engaging and activating right so activating patients and making sure that they're not just engaged but activated in their care. And I'm fascinated with the opportunity to leverage these types of self service empowerment tools. To achieve activation, because that's as you mentioned about value-based care, um, and, and you know a lot of the rhetoric that we're hearing now about patients increasing the level of skin in the game and making sure that that we do um, include patient accountability and that you know that we they do improve the level of activation of the entire patient population in healthcare going forward, I think that solutions like this are going to be critical. For us to achieve those objectives. And I think that there, I'm um, you know, very interested in your concept of activation and what you're doing to help activate the patients.
1: Yeah, great, great question, Mandy. I think, uh, you know, the, the unfortunate part about activation, and let me start there, is sure. we have technologies today, you know, that are very really kind of fragmented from a patient activation perspective so you have technologies that do appointment reminders or technologies that might have you know a gap in care reminder and then then you have technologies like the patient portal where the patient has to self activate themselves to go online to review their records or so on and so forth
0: right
1: and there might be point uh, technology solutions that activate the patient around a bundled care program or a particular care plan so the challenge for patients has been they're getting bombarded from the same provider the same doctor or from the same hospital through all these different technologies on different channels could be an email could be a snail mail could be a text
0: right
1: so yeah so so for, for and and having Uh, experienced consumer activation in various different industries. Uh, Our guiding principle was let's build a platform that we can give to the healthcare institution, the provider, where right from the time a gap is created or right from the time an appointment is created, let's activate the patient on their own uh, channel of choice and let's go meet the patients where they are
0: where they
1: are in the sense that I would like push a message, and if the patient is employed, I would not text them between nine and five, and if their preference is uh, an IVR phone call versus an email or whatever their channel happens to be, we would want to understand what is the most convenient time for them to be activated around a particular use case. So so we've built this platform to basically activate the patient for, for their appointment 24 hours before we would check them in on their own phone. So they don't even have to download a, an app. They can just click on a text message link and pull the check-in um, screen on their web browser on their phone all the way to post-care. Uh, so, you know, Mandy, thank you for visiting Dr. Smith. Uh, here's a text for you and you know, here's a link so that you can review your entire care summary or if you're at a hospital, your entire discharge instruction. So we should be able to activate patients and consumers where we not only eliminate a piece of paper from an automation perspective, but we then have to take this complex content around different care settings and make it digestible for the consumer i.e the patient across the care settings and in context so so for my, for, for us activation means uh, activations pre care point of care and post care and and in context
0: that's that's really amazing and i I'd, I'd highlighted something that you said earlier around you know one of the challenges to activation is is a fractured system right and from an information overload perspective as well as just the ability to capture relevant information across care settings the health our healthcare system truly is fractured and this can be a frustrating experience so it sounds like Um, You're addressing that holistically as effectively creating an HIE of one for the patient and giving them an opportunity across care settings to truly access the meaningful pieces of information as well as the actions, right? To to be able to act on that information through a single solution.
1: Uh, You you said it really well, actually. Uh, (laughs) I should take some of that content, Uh, but yes. (laughs) The, the, the short answer, it, it, yeah, I mean, Mandy, we, we've been doing patient portals for 15 years, and if you keep doing the same thing, you get the same results, right? Right. And we know that patient portals were never alive to be dead in the sense that we get 5%, 10% utilization. How do we get 50 60 70% of the patients to engage and be activated on an electronic channel so that you can, you know lessen the burden for the care team. And I think one of the things that we are very, very happy to report is we are getting the highest levels of patient engagement. And we are also certified by the ONC for meaning produce, uh, macro MIPS, and some of the quality measures. So we are getting the highest levels of patient engagement measure attestation. And which means, like you know, if a patient portal is is activating and engaging five, ten percent of the patients well, from from week one, we're able to go to fifty to seventy percent. That that's what's probably the most exciting part for me in this business. And having been in this field for the last fifteen, twenty years, I think we're we're starting to turn a a corner of actually um, healthcare being able to provide some technologies that that we can truly move the needle from a patient engagement perspective.
0: Well, and it sounds like you're creating such a value-add service to the traditional portals, you know, because patients being able to log in and view information or being able to log in and, and go through an onerous process to send a message or have to receive a message in a, in a format that's unfamiliar to me, you know, in, in a ways that are inconvenient or something that's, that's not comfortable for me to do you've solved for that convenience issue. So you, you're, it sounds like you're solving not just for activation, but this is a big step towards the true adoption of a consumer, you know, the, the, the consumer behavior and understanding the, the consumer drivers of the healthcare experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, so talking about Florida, right? We have Miami <laughs> as well, one of our customers and, and talk about convenience. One of the things that Miami Children's was very interested in, they said like, listen, Health uh, you guys are sending discharge summaries, discharge instructions to patients on their phones, and we're getting this unbelievable adoption of 70% of the patients actually reviewing them. And, and we also said, okay, what other pieces of content that, let's say a patient portal would never even think about producing and, and give to the consumers right uh for example a school note, right so if 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 the mother is taking their child to miami children's and they're exiting an emergency department how cool would it be that 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 mom or dad actually has their discharge instructions on their phone and with the click of a button you're able to download a school note and email that to the school whereas before you know, that parent would have had to call Miami Children's, had to get, you know, a fax or an email. So we're we're starting to create these uh, convenience factors, if you will, along the care continuum so that we're building a trust relationship with that patient to rely on our technology as they access or exit care.
0: Amazing. And it's funny, and again, getting back to the fact that it is International Women's Day, and, and I'm a mom and my daughter plays lacrosse, <laughs> right? And so she, there are times when she has an illness or an injury, and it, that, that school note resonates very truly with me, as does something that I believe is, is on your roadmap or something that you're working towards right now, which is the physicals. Right? All of those things that you have to do, that you have to be able to transmit to the school, being able to obtain a physical for your child and being able to make sure that that gets to the appropriate place with the appropriate signatures. You know, the, the convenience factor, I think, would be incredibly high for for all of us who are the CEOs for healthcare in our household.
1: Absolutely, Mandy. I think the more we can uh, lessen, your burden as the CEO of the <laughs> household healthcare, right? I mean, the more you can do, you just have to increase the capacity
0: right. for,
1: for, for you as a caregiver, but you're also part of a, a larger care team, which is your physician or your healthcare institution. And I think, you know, uh, increasing the capacity of the care team uh, is, is what I think will fundamentally occur when you are able to automate uh, certain use cases like what we're talking
0: about. Absolutely and when we're thinking about the care team I also really love to make sure I'm thinking about the caregivers right so the the people who mm-hmm. are either in the immediate family of the, of the patient or pe- the people that the patient trusts with their care is are they incorporated into that concept of care team in the solutions?
1: Yeah absolutely I think so the care team collaboration when I say care team this is mm-hmm. basically the providers and the, you know uh, caregivers on the healthcare institution side uh, they have a lot of collaborative tools today uh so for example you know they might have some kind of a secure text messaging that they're messaging back and forth or they might be just texting each other what they should <laughs> be doing uh, <laughs> right. right. Uh, And so there's some collaborative tools that that, uh, have existed. So what we have done is we've actually uh, kind of innovated a a solution called Care Narrative. And it's all about the narrative about the patient. And this is a, a secure messaging platform for all the caregivers to collaborate. But one essential dimension that we've introduced is the patient voice. So while the patient is in the room, the patient is able to actually go on uh, our, you know, mobile web application and text the care team about, okay, they don't understand the care plan or, you know, how to use the call light or whatever might be their question. And that, that voice is getting distributed into the care team. And the care team is able to collaborate, not just between themselves, with the patient and their family members. One good example is, again, you know, since we're from Florida, I'll I'll pick on Miami Children's again, (laughs) Uh, the care team had to get a remote consent from one of the parents that was working in in another city. So they were able to actually push an e-signature form to the parent in another city, get a consent, bring it back into the care collaborative uh, platform, and ingest that into Cerner and then you know be able to save not just uh multiple hours of administrative cost but be able to give the right care to the child in uh in the right time
0: oh that's that's excellent and i i think about other use cases for that exact type of kind of consent requirement right so you think of dnrs you think of of yes. yeah, various types of information sharing consent that that this type of use case would be uh, applicable for and, and incredibly valuable from an administrative standpoint. Yeah. Excellent, amazing. I think now, what does, what does your mom think of all of this? I would imagine that she's incredibly proud that you are solving so many of the headaches that she had as a doctor.
1: Yeah, even though she's a little disappointed, I am not a doctor.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Isn't that always the way? <laughs>
1: that's always the way and then you know, uh coming from a family of 26 doctors you know uh, it's always uh a challenge but i think uh she she she's uh absolutely very proud of me and and she realizes that uh you know uh, what we're doing kind of helps uh actually help not just uh you know one or two patients but millions of patients be empowered and and you know um Close significant gaps in care, like over 40%. So yes, thank you for asking that, and um, very happy to be doing what I'm doing.
0: Oh, amazing! I, I'm sure I think that it's it's incredibly valuable, and as a mom, I'm I'm looking forward to finding ways to be able to leverage you know how to how to produce school notes and how to route school notes accordingly from my (laughs) health provider to the school right how to be able to do those things is valuable to me and so from an administrative cost standpoint for the providers i think that solutions you know that that, that solutions like yours are are incredibly important and they're going to be moving the needle when it comes to value and we think about value-based care transformation and we think about you know capitated contract arrangements we think about you know, these administrative costs are where the opportunity, this is low-hanging fruit, right? This is what we should be going after. These are problems that we can solve. There are things that we can't really right. solve, you know, at least not, not quickly and not, not simply, but these types of solutions are, are things that, that we can address. So you're changing, you know, you're fundamentally changing healthcare for good using you know, in ways that can be immediately applied. And I think that's awesome. I'm so grateful. This has been, this has been really fun. I have one last question for you and that is really what, what, what is next for you? What is on the horizon for for you personally and for HealthGrid as far as taking on the new frontier of healthcare after 2017?
1: Uh, For me personally, I have uh, have three kids that keep me quite busy. and, And, you know, uh, Two, you uh, one of them's a teenager. The second one's going to be a teenager this weekend, and I have to like uh, uh, prepare myself psychologically to handle three three teenagers at the same time. <laughs> that, that that's what I'm 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 preparing myself for personally. But uh, but but for health grid, uh, you know, Mandy, I think uh, at the end of the day. Uh, value-based care and effective population health management truly requires an integrated patient engagement platform, and you know we're we now becoming the enablers for telehealth visit, uh, visits with the patients, and we're seeing patients actually adopting and adapting this type of technology in a very viral manner. Uh, So we have millions and then we almost have 36 million patients in our system. So I'm I'm truly looking forward to continuing this journey where uh, we're able to provide statistics to the industry as to how we've been relevant from providing the best outcomes through these types of uh, patient engagement technologies that um, uh, that, that uh, help the overall strategy.
0: Excellent. Well, and it sounds like you're definitely yeah. on the right track. I mean, it, even just a couple of weeks ago, you were awarded the coveted Microsoft Innovation of the Year for patient engagement. So congratulations on that. That's amazing.
1: Oh, thank you, Mandy. We really appreciate it. And Microsoft has been a incredible partner and we, we leverage quite a few of their technologies. So thank you again.
0: Well, I have no doubt that we're going to see and hear more and more of, of HealthGrid and from you in the future. So thank you so much for being with me today. This, this has been a, a, a great use of, of our international women's day celebration and I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having <laughs> me. What a, what a great day to be speaking with you.
0: Thanks. Thank you. And so, and also thank you so much to all of our listeners. Please join us next month on the Managed Care Podcast with Mandy Bishop.